Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. This is your host, Pat Bergstresser. This is episode number 10, transition tip number nine. Uh, and and for those of you who are, who are just catching up, uh, the first series of podcast episodes we're doing for the Vet Coach Transition Tips podcast are all about the resume. So we're going step by step through our recommended resume format. We're almost done. So if you haven't listened to the other episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to those and refer to those as necessary. These are not intended to be, you have to listen to every single one. If you only need help with certain part of your resume, or you only you know feel like you want to get tips on certain aspects of it, you can pick and choose from these. These are not, you don't have to listen to one to know what's going on in the others. Um, but for our recommended resume format, just take a look in the notes for this episode. We'll have a link where you can go look at the recommended resume format. And then we'll also have a link where you can go look at the blog post where we talk about specifically uh, what we're going to talk about in the podcast. It's just written out so you can refer to it. Uh, and you can also see the samples that I put in for my resume. Uh, I use my resume just as a sample so you know what kind of format to follow along. So today, uh, like I said, is uh, transition tip number nine. Uh, and we are now moving on to the certifications and technical skills section of, sections of the resume. So these are two separate sections, but they're really short. So rather than do a two-minute podcast on each one of these, I figured we put them together. Uh, and, and on top of that, they kind of go hand in hand. So these sections are towards the very end. The last section will be a separate podcast. That's called Additional Information. And we'll talk about why I think that section is important in the next episode. But for this one, we're going to focus on these two sections. Uh, these are the last like formal aspect of your resume. The last section, additional information, will be uh, more of a humanizing section uh, just to help you uh, have an, uh, an opportunity co- to connect with the people that you're interviewing with, which is really what that section's for. So uh, certifications and technical skills. So the one thing that I want to say up front is a lot of veterans in their certifications and technical skills put certifications that they got in the military. If your certification or is something that is only applicable in the military, for instance, if you became in the Navy, we call it warfare qualification. So if you came, became warfare qualified, so like I was a civil engineer corps officer, so I became CB combat warfare uh, quali- uh, CB combat warfare qualified officer or surface warfare is the most common in the Navy or submarine, um, submarine qualified officer, whatever they call it. Um, but in other services, you have the same thing. If, you know, if you, if you're an infantry officer in the army or you were, a you know, a, a logistics person in the air force or whatever the case is, there's always some sort of a school or tech school or something that you have to go through initially to go through the official academic side of your uh, community in the military or MOS. Uh, and then usually there's some sort of certification process where you're doing OJT type work um, to actually get yourself certified. Maybe you have to deploy, maybe you have to do some sort of go through some sort of exercise with your unit, whatever the case is. Those don't matter on your resume. Don't put them on your resume because honestly, nobody cares. And secondly, nobody knows what they mean. 
and you would spend a lot more time explaining what it is uh, than it's worth, and more often than not, it's not relevant. So there are very few exceptions to this. There are a few. If you're a nuclear war, uh, uh, Navy nuke, so if you were a nuclear submarine officer or you were enlisted, you worked on a submarine and you went through the nuke school, uh, you might have some certifications that relate uh, outside of uh, what you did in the military if you wanted to work in a nuclear power plant or something like that. But for the most part, this the, the certifications you got in the military don't apply. And, and for 95% of us, they don't apply outside the military. Um, so if you're a unique case, you generally know who you are or because they tell you in school, hey, this this is a real world certification. But more often than not, a military certification means nothing on the outside. Now, there are related certifications, and that is important. So, if, for example, if you're a pilot, a lot of pilots, I have a lot of, you know, I went to the Air Force Academy, so I have a lot of friends who are pilots. And a lot of them get their FAA certifications while they're going through pilot training because they know that when they get out of the military, they're going to want to be a pilot uh, for the airlines or FedEx, UPS, whatever. Uh, and so they go ahead and get their Fed, their uh, FAA certifications as they're becoming a military qualified pilot so that when they get out, they're set up. Now, the same thing is true in a lot of other uh, situations in the military. You might be uh, like a certified welder in the, in the Navy. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of people working on the hulls of ships. And in, in my particular community, we have uh, the CBs, uh, we have welders. They don't necessarily get their certified welder um, qualification anymore, um, but it is an option, uh, and it's just another another way that sometimes you you might get a you might become skilled in something, and you might go ahead and go get your certification on your own. Sometimes the military will pay for you to go. If you look at your VA benefits, sometimes they'll pay for you to go get your certification, and and sometimes you have all the skills required. You just need to go get it. And so as you're getting out, you should you should take a, a look at what you've learned in the military and see what relates. At a minimum, you can put it in your technical skills section, which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. But for your certifications, you should go see because this is a quick way for anybody looking at your resume or for the keyword search aspect of these HR uh, content management systems where you submit your resume. It's a quick way for, for them to see how qualified you are to do a certain job. Now, having said all this, if you are applying for, you know, to work in a in a particular position, like let's say, let's say you're a welder, like we talked about, you have certified your welder certification and you're trying to work in financial services. I mean, honestly, nobody cares. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really add value. Um, and you're going to find as you start working through your resume that a lot of times you're going to leave a lot out because you want the resume to be tailored to the job you're applying for. So if you were, you know, worked in construction when you were in the army or something or the Marines, and now you're getting out and you went to college or you went and got your four-year degree, your master's degree or something like that, and now you're completely pivoting and changing careers, you're, the fact that you're a certified welder doesn't really mean a whole lot. Uh, if you're just looking for something to add a little bit more space to your resume, I guess you can put it in, but you should be able to f to figure out what you can put in your resume that adds value. You don't want to put fluff in there, and you don't you don't want to put something in there that's that's not giving the reader another reason to hire you or, the, or another reason to give you an interview. You want you want every single word, every single phrase, every single aspect of that resume to be making the case that you're the right person for whatever job you're applying for. So um, when it comes to certifications, you know, put it on there if it's relevant. Um, and in the professional community, you'll see a lot of different types of certifications. Uh, th there's a plethora of them depending on what type of uh, 
what type of community you're looking to work in in the private sector. But the most common you'll see for military is project management professional, the PMP. The PMP is not that easy to get. Um, you do have to have a lot of years of project management experience, which in, if you've been in the military, you more than likely have that. Uh, I think you need four years. It's a specific number of hours, but it usually comes out to about four years of experience. Um, and honestly, most of what everybody does in the military is some sort of project management. So you can usually correlate it to that. The problem is you have to take this test, and I believe it's 150 questions, and it is not easy. You really have to understand the project management body of knowledge, or the PMBOK, or PMBOK is what it's called. Um, you really have to understand that. And a lot of times you got to go through some sort of class to really learn it because it's very specific, it's very academic. And usually when it gets down to the questions, usually most people can deduce it down to two out of the four options. It's all multiple choice. Usually you can get down to two. But the difference between getting it right and picking the right of the two remaining answers or picking the wrong one is whether or not you actually know the academic side of, of the body of knowledge. And if you don't, you'll you'll pick the wrong one and you'll fail the test. So it's managed by the Project Management Institute, and they definitely don't make it easy to get your PMP, um, but definitely doable. I mean, if it's just like any other test that you've taken. If you just take the time to study and learn it and, and take the test, you can pass it. But that's one that's really common when you get out of the military. A lot of military units also also, uh, also offer the Six Sigma Green Belt. You can get it, you know, honestly. I mean, I'm a Six Sigma Black Belt with the job I'm in, and I, I would tell you that just going and getting your green belt for the sake of it probably isn't going to add a whole lot of value. Um, some companies look at it as a uh, like a project management thing, which it really isn't. It's more about process improvement and uh, and reducing waste and, and finding efficiencies. Uh, but you know, if it's something that that you think you're interested in, you know, go ahead and get it. A lot of military units offer the training for free. Um, you can also do it online. A lot of times through. Organizations that support veterans. I think Syracuse does it, and there's a couple other ones. So, uh, and you can go through the Syracuse process, I think, through IVMF. I think um, you just Google IVMF, you can find it. But there's a lot of opportunities to get certifications. But the most common ones that military members get is a Six Sigma Green Belt and the PMP. Um, there's a couple other ones out there, but those are the most common. But again, don't go becoming a certification collector. There's There are people out there like that, and you don't want to be that guy or girl that's just getting certifications for the sake of it. Because then when you go sit in the interview, the person re- interviewing you isn't going to know what your background is because you've done all these different things, and they're going to know that you can't possibly be an expert in everything. This isn't high school when you're trying to do every single extracurricular activity possible. This is a little different. You're actually trying to show them why you're the right fit for the job. And if you're just getting certifications all over the place, they know that, okay, you can go pass a test and do a little bit of uh, background in something, but are you really an expert? Because that's what we're looking for for this role. And so if you're a generalist, being a generalist doesn't really help you in the private sector. You want to prove your special specialist in something. Uh, And so just getting certifications for the sake of it is not uh, the right way to go about things. So having said that, if you don't have any professional certifications, don't worry about it. I had zero when I got out and most veterans don't have any and most people don't expect you to because they know we're in the military and our certification process and what we work on is unique to what we do. So don't worry about it. I didn't have any. I got a job. Uh, But having said that, um, you can put a lot of what you've done in your technical skills and technical skills is where a lot of veterans probably have a lot of things they can put. Um, So for me right now on my resume, most of mine is software related because that's what I do daily to day um, at the company that I work for. Uh, But uh, a lot of people in the military have specific knowledge. You know, if you worked um, 
you know, construction is, is the background that I come from. So that's always where I pull examples. But if you worked in construction, there's all, all kinds of uh, different technical skills you might have if you're a builder or a welder, like we talked about earlier, or, you know, a carpenter or, um, or some sort of draftsman or engineering aid, whatever the, whatever the case is, there's all kinds of different skill sets there. Uh, and then there's all kinds of different skill sets throughout all different MOSs and, and AFSCs and all the different communities within the military. And you can put whatever you want in this section, given that you can back it up. And that's the key fact here, right? It's a technical skill. So in the beginning of, of the resume, we talked about key skills. Those are more soft skills or more generically termed skills. Uh, in the in the technical skills, you're going to talk more specifically about what it, exactly you're technically skilled in. Uh, so you can list out more options here and be a little bit more specific. And these are all technical in nature. Uh, but these are things that, uh, you know, whatever you feel like you're competent in and from your time in the military, you can put them here, given that you can actually back it up. Because somebody may ask you that you have, it says on your resume that you have a technical skill and whatever, and they might ask you to talk about it. And if you can't answer the question when they t- ask you about it, you just lost all credibility and you completely tank the whole interview. So, so integrity is important on the resume, like we talk about all the time, but just remember uh, that you are more free to put here what you want. Certifications actually have to have some sort of certification authority associated with them. Technical skills do not. Uh, and so put, you know, things that maybe you use day to day, maybe, uh, you know, you went to some sort of class or something while you're in the military and, uh, you know, you feel competent in a particular skill uh, set that you develop, then put it on there. Um, but again, don't just put stuff on there for the sake of it. Put stuff on there that you think is going to add value or show that you're uh, prepared to execute whatever job it is that you're interviewing for. Uh, at a minimum, I think most veterans should be able to put Microsoft Office Suite on there. Um, I, you know, ironically, I wouldn't say that's a given. There are a lot of people out there that don't know how to use Microsoft Office. Um, I would hope that most millennials um, and people coming out of the military today have have some familiarity with it. Uh, but you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to use like a basic spreadsheet, um, basic Microsoft Office uh, type uh, software. So definitely you should, most of you should be able to do that. As you get out into uh, the civilian world, you'll start to see there's, you'll start to pick up skills at whatever job you start at first, and you can start adding those to your list. But um, I didn't have much technical skills uh, when I first got out because most of what I did as an officer wasn't really technically oriented. Um, even though I was an engineer, you know, I was doing more management and leadership. So I didn't even have a lot of technical skills. So if you don't have a lot there, uh, as well, that's totally fine. Uh, not something you really need to stress about. But uh, for a lot of veterans, it is an opportunity to put a lot of the things that you did every day that had some sort of military certification associated, but not a civil, not a like a in a certification authority outside of the military. So you can put those under your technical skills to show that you know what you're talking about, or you know what you're doing, uh, but you don't have the associated civilian certification. Honestly, guys, that's it. There really isn't much more to this section, uh, so I won't belabor the the point. Um, the The next podcast or uh, next podcast episode we have coming up is the final resume podcast episode. We're going to be talking about the additional information. Uh, it's a unique section that I highly recommend. Uh, you won't see it on most resumes, but I think it adds a lot of value, and I think it's absolutely worth including uh, because it gives you a way to connect with the interviewer. Uh, in a way that other people potentially won't connect. And I think that adds a lot of value, especially in today's world where people are looking at more of the whole individual and less uh, than the technical skills they bring to the job. They want to make sure they're bringing in a good person, uh, the right type of person to fit into their culture. And the additional information section gives you an opportunity to do that 
uh, without you having to bring it up because it's already on the resume and it might be something that they want to ask you about. Uh, so having said that, we'll wrap it up. Uh, as always, we finish with one of my favorite quotes, Winston Churchill quote, which is, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. Like we always say, just because you found a job when you got out doesn't mean your search is over. Uh, just because you didn't get a job after an interview does not mean you failed. It just means maybe you weren't the right fit. Maybe the timing was bad. Maybe they filled it with an internal candidate. You never know. Uh, and, you know, there was a lot more difficult. You, you dealt with a lot more difficult times on active duty where you had to really build your courage to get through the tough times. And so you can absolutely get through this transition. I have zero doubts about that for every single one of you listening. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or need any help with anything, you can always email me, pat at transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, head to transitionvetcoach.com to check out all of our content. We now offer a free transition checklist if you subscribe to our newsletter. So go ahead and subscribe. It's a free PDF and it walks you through step-by-step step all the stuff that we talked about uh, in this podcast and all of our other podcasts. Uh, we love checklists in the military, and uh, this is one way to make sure that you're taking care of all of the different aspects of your interviews and your resumes and your LinkedIn's and everything else and what you know whether you know you have the right attire for your interviews and all that stuff. It covers all of that to make sure you can check it off as you're getting out. Make sure you, you are taking care of everything that you need to take care of. Uh, so having said that, we'll sign off. This is Pat Bergstresser. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. <laughs>